Hey everyone, this is Jason from Sheep Out of Water. In this episode, Chris and I discuss the power of conversion and what happens afterward in the continuation of our Sunday reading series. We also examine how God's grace is available to anyone, even people opposed to him. Check out this week's scripture readings in the show notes. And before you listen, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so already. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. We're really glad you're listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to Sheep Out of Water. Hope you're doing just fantastic on this fine evening. Chris and I are joining you from the great state of Indiana, both back home. This I think it's the first time in a few weeks we've both been broadcasting from our home studios, i.e. basements. <laughs> you doing all right this week? I am doing well, yeah. Exhausted, but doing well. How about all you? Right. Uh, about the same. Been fighting a little bit of a cold, but we're we're on the upswing. So I apologize in advance, everybody. My voice is going to sound a bit froggy. But yeah, I hear that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's past the cool. Wish you were singing a song, deep kind of <laughs> voice thing. Now it's just like there's a frog there. So I apologize, but hey, we're we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sunday reading series came up with the theme: God isn't hiding from anyone. And I, I kind of flipped the script on you. Uh, Chris and I were texting back and forth a little bit this week, and he's like, I, I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with this one. Um, but I think we, we caught on, yeah? I did. Okay. I, <laughs> so I'm going to do the best I can anyway. <laughs> well, where I was going with this, um, and it started with the Old Testament. So we're in 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, verses 14 through 7. And we've got the story of Naaman who's this commander of the Syrian army, and he's also a leper. So he's going through this this hideous situation of leprosy, which is back in in those days uh, pretty much made you a pariah and nobody wanted to be around you. And he's taken through this process of of basically being made whole again. Um, And just the line I wrote out here was his, his flesh became... Uh, his flesh became again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean of his leprosy. And this is after following uh, the words of a prophet to, to dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. So he receives God's grace, but he's this commander of the Syrian army. And then looking ahead at Luke, it's the story of, uh, again, 10 lepers that are healed by Jesus. More, only one comes back to thank him, and it's a Sumerian, uh, not a Jew, and, and Jesus commends him for coming back and says, your faith has saved you. Um, so we've got these stories where you have, I guess, the non-chosen, if you will, uh, being lauded for their faith or or receiving these amazing graces from God. And that's where I came up with this theme, this idea of this theme, at least it was hitting me from the readings. So, and there's more obviously to unpack from, from the different readings too. Yeah, the, the power of conversion and why it happens uh, is kind of what began to speak to me after I understood where you were going with what you were seeing there. And that the encounters that they had, one with obviously Alicia and the one with Jesus, Jesus being obviously greater than Alicia, Alicia being greater than Elijah, uh, and just the the power that their very presence um 
was able to invite this this desire for more and then what happened when people went to him, them with in faith is what ultimately led them to that conversion so it seems yeah and it's the good thing about it too is it's open right it's open to anyone as long as they're approaching god and in you know that we can learn we can all learn from that i'm sure there's times where the faithful have gotten into that rut of, you know, thinking that they're holier than thou and come all comes along someone who's maybe not as holy in their mind and receives some sort of grace or maybe responds to a grace in a, in a, in a way that opens people's eyes. So uh, just there's always that, that opportunity to be humble that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that they were um, not just not Jews, but they were, uh, even uh, contrary to the Jews or, or contrary types of people to the Jews that uh, Naaman was a, a leader, I think of an army that was, uh, you know, uh, an army that would have been against Israel at one point. And then uh, of course the Samaritans and the Jews never got along. And so to be able to see not just these are kind of benign outsiders, but these are people actually, in conflict with the Jews. Maybe today it would be like Jesus coming in, uh, healing 10, um, what would you call them? Palestinians, I guess, if you look at the Palestinian state versus Israel, uh, and maybe even harsher, even Hamas, and to be able to say, yeah, Jesus came along these 10 uh, fighters from Hamas, they all had leprosy, and they said, heal us. And he's like, Okay, go see the priest. You're good. So, it, it, you know, I, I want our listeners to be able to realize it wasn't just this like happy go lucky stroll uh, that was happening with either of those readings, but this was like a very controversial uh, thing that just that they were talking, much less that, that the healings took place. Yeah. And, and for God's glory, that the conversions took place then too. Yeah, and then there's also this pattern too of, of the response of okay, you receive these graces in the response, right? And you said Naaman, I said Naaman. Is a tomato tomato thing kind of here? Uh, oh, you no, know, I think you're right. Actually, I think it is Naaman. <laughs> Google Google pronunciation says Naaman. Naaman. Okay, <laughs> maybe I misheard it wrong because my ears are plugged up. That which is nah. a good possibility. Good possibility. Uh, yeah. That's but, a habit on my part. I always used to pronounce the name. And we tend to do that in the Midwest anyway. We'll throw in long A's and things where they don't belong. So you're all just going to have to ride True with it. us. <laughs> but then back to this idea of, you know, they respond in, in a way that, and Jesus calls them to do that. I think it's an important thing to pull out of these readings is, you know, when Jesus gets in your boat, so to speak, it changes your life. And you don't see too many stories of when he does that, in there isn't some sort of huge effect, right? So, you know, Naaman is, he has this amazing healing and, and right, he, right away he's saying, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sacrifice any, anything to another God ever again. And, um, you know, just this huge, this huge turnaround. And again, you know, the, the one, the one person that comes back to thank Jesus is this, you know, the Sumerian, not the, you know, so these amazing changes. And I, I couldn't help but think, of you know the same reaction or the same effect maybe is maybe it's better to say effect uh 
in my own life. Um, we talked about uh, perhaps a little bit about, you know, when I, when I converted and, you know, things I asked for, uh, and then, and, and, and were given. So and just to kind of rehash, you know, a big moment in my faith life was, was going to a healing service, um, at, at our parish, uh, not my parish at the time, but now where I currently actually go to, uh, as a parishioner, which is kind of cool, but, uh, just life is in shambles, marriage is over, families kind of break up, that kind of thing. And I go out of just respect out of my father-in-law and go to this healing service where I tend just to sit in the back and do nothing. But I come up and I, for some reason, go up and ask the priest to pray for for me uh, to, to keep my family together. And, and, and I, I receive that. And, and I receive more than that. You know, and it's this amazing moment in my life I can look back to and see all these amazing changes that happen. Here I am on a podcast talking about God. <laughs> yeah, right? Amen. So you you can be cynical and say, well, you know, that was just you made that choice and and you're you're creating that narrative. And so is your family and all these other things. And I'm like, you can say that all you want, but you know, people who knew me before that happened and and maybe that would see me now know that there's a difference. I'm the same person in a lot of ways, but they know there's a difference. And the things that have happened to me, you can't there, you can't pin it on anything else. So there's been that same effect I've had in my own life that I can see in these readings that the minute this happens, and what's interesting is, and maybe this is different, what's interesting to me is that it, very quickly, these these men respond very, you know, it's it's abrupt, right? It happens right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say that was my experience, but I can certainly look back at that time and say, okay, that's when these things really turned around. But it was more of a gradual thing, which is a common story, I think, for people. Right. And and yours was a, a spiritual and emotional and intellectual and mental healing, um, which began mm-hmm. to play itself out in real life. These guys had limbs that were right. you know, falling off for the most part. And skin was uh, very irritated to the point of open sores. And so you can understand that the desperation of their physical state led to a very physical reaction then when it was completely healed. Uh, whereas most of us don't have, uh, and I very much include myself in this, most of us don't have the physical ailments that they had as much as the mental and emotional and intellectual uh, pain and woundedness. Yeah, it's it's, it's more gradual. But if if you're if you're honest about it and you look back, you could probably not probably you you see it and you see changes and those kinds of things. So. It's pretty important, I think, to to look back and see where God's been present in your life and how how He's steering you the right way. Yeah, and and what what creates that um, actual desire then to conversion or to give thanks? Because we we see in that uh, in the gospel, it's very subtle, uh, but He comes back uh, and He says. Um, one of them realizing he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. When do we fall at the feet? What position are we in? Kneeling right. or prostrating. Uh, what do they call that? Where you're, what's that yoga pose? Where you're that, that would be uh, 
not downward dog, dog. but uh, no, because I don't think I've seen anyone downward dog while they're at, at Eucharistic adoration. <laughs> that's, you got the tail end and the back up on that end. That's um, child's pose. Child's pose. Okay. Well, when your ass it. is on your heels. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. The unofficial it, name for it. <laughs> I, you know, he is, he fell at the feet of Jesus. He's in, in one of those three positions on his yeah. knees, on his feet with his butt on his ankles or laying down. Either way, it's, it's a physical manifestation of gratitude and worship. He's worshiping him. He's giving him thanks. He's had this full conversion. What's uh, Nauman saying, but it goes instantly to worship. I'm no longer going to worship any other God. I'm only going to worship sacrifice to your God, our God. And so for me, where I, where I was trying to really go with, go with it in between parish activities, work, kids, homework, school, whatever, all the other stuff that's going on. Why? Why did they go from, hey, I'm healed, you know, to worshiping conversion? Why weren't they like the nine that just kept on going about their lives? And it's, I just kept coming back to meaning. There's something in them that recognized the meaning of their own lives now since they had been cleansed. And they worshiped God through that. And we presume lived out that conversion. I had this weird and I don't know if it quite fits, but this kept coming present to me. You remember the movie Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. So, spoiler alert, fast forward if you never watched it, but I'm going to I'm going to ruin the whole end of the movie for you. <laughs> we're at the end of the movie and and you know, Tom Hanks and his his squad have pretty much they've all almost all perished trying to save this one guy because his brothers had all died and they're trying to get him out of there before he dies and that's the, the whole plot of the movie, but so you've got Tom Hanks laying on this bridge and he's in the process of dying. He's been wounded and Matt Damon playing private Ryan is right next to him. And they're having this exchange as, as Tom Hanks' character is dying. And, and Tom Hanks looks at Matt Damon's character and he looks at me and says, earn this. And, and there's something about the way these individuals respond. It's almost like they're trying to earn this. They've, they recognize they've received this great gift that they really don't deserve. And I think that's true in that movie as well. That he doesn't necessarily deserve it, but this strange set of circumstances happening and this amazing sacrifice is happening for him. I.e., we can think of Jesus sacrificing himself for us. We don't deserve that. But maybe in some regard, an appropriate response is to try to earn it. We don't, we're not called to, so I don't want, you know, angry emails from our Protestant friends. We're not earning our way in. But I, I think that attitude there's something about that attitude to try to earn it is is right in some way is that too much of a stretch no i think it's uh like saint paul says you know show me your uh, faith without works and i'll show you the faith that underlies my works and so when we have faith and we have these conversions it's about uh living that out and i think that's equivalent to what you're saying earning um, uh, St. John Paul II said uh, at one point in Canada, I think it could have been the Philippines, but he said, our lives take on meaning to the extent they become a free gift to others. Our lives take on meaning to the extent they become a free gift to others. 
And in some ways, I kind of see that with Alicia and Jesus. Uh, they didn't have to heal. They didn't have to pay attention. They didn't even have to listen, but they did. And for free, because Naaman tries to pay him back and he refuses to take it. Uh, same thing with Jesus. There was no, you know, earn, there's no money exchange. There's no gifts exchange. Jesus has freely healed them, gave himself as a gift to these 10 lepers. And so they, they see this gift of self and then are inspired to give themselves, you know, physically to these prophets. I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see air quotes. On I the, saw like one the finger podcast. up there. So I got it. <laughs> You know, this free gift of self. So anytime you and I are, are doing something for somebody else, it might be something at a grocery store, it might be something, you know, where you're at church or you're at work and there's an opportunity to help or to give of yourself to someone else and you do it. And there's no expectation of anything in return. And people recognize that. And if they're paying attention to what's actually happened, then they, they thank you and they truly mean it. And I think in some ways that's a small example of what was happening here. So there's no no um, giving back in a sense, but it's more of the paying forward. So, hey, that, that guy did this for me or did that for me, or I, I was about to my, drop my groceries as I was getting them into the trunk, and all of a sudden he showed up out of nowhere and caught them and put them in for me. Uh, I got to do something good for someone else. But it's a deeper level because – this is a physical healing that took place. And because of that, it leads to a spiritual healing. So now they're physically healed, they're spiritually healed, and they are in a position now to pay it forward. That makes sense. I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, this, and it's amazing in a way. I, I went out... <laughs> I was thinking of this whole idea, like how God makes himself present to everybody and all these crazy characters. If you really think about it, right? We talked about Naaman, uh, Jesus doing this for the, you know, and this, this Samaritan is part of this group. And again, he's, he's, he's commended for what he does. But then of course, think of St. Paul himself. I always talk about this, but I, I, I will continue to talk about it. There's no crazier apostle, candidate than in the world than St. Paul, you know, but, but mm -hmm. Jesus somehow gave him this grace to, to become, you know, the apostle to the Gentiles. And even though he was persecuting people, that's, that's insane. Yes. That he Great was, example. you know, open to that, this, the part, this part of this, this whole struggle and, and the good fight. Right. I started thinking about these different ways. So I, I listed them. So I had Naaman, St. Paul, Jesus healing the Samaritan. I talked about my own story. The story of the dancing sun um, in Fatima, Fatima, right? It was another example of this crazy thing that happened. And you're talking, look it up, everybody. If you Google it, 1917, the, the miracle of the sun and, and with Fatima, um, you have estimates of as low as 30,000 and as high as 100,000 people coming to look at, they, they knew something was happening. There was these, these visions of Mary happy with these children and they they were all they all knew that something big was going to happen this day. So you're talking about conservative estimates, fifty thousand people to see something. Right. And they many all, of them went out just to prove them wrong because they right. thought this was religious fanaticism. And you know, it was kind of like, oh, you think the end of the world's coming? We're going to show up just to show you how it's not. Yeah, I mean, happened. you've got 
comments and, and observations from lawyers and doctors and journalists and all. I mean, think about our time now, like that happened now, which might be happening right now. You know, all the all the people from Fox and CNN and all this stuff, and and they're going to prove it wrong, and and, and they don't, they can't, they they come back, and most of them come back and say, hey, this is we saw the craziest thing, this this happened with the sun, and and go look it up, Google it, but you know, how do you explain that, right? Yeah, and and how, what the bigger mystery to me, and this has always been the case, is not how do you explain these miracles because. By definition, they're unable to be explained by science. That's why they're called miracles. But it's how do we as human beings turn away from that? And again, I'm including myself. When I was a priest, I saw healings at my fingertips that took place in the moment. And though I gave glory and praise to God, Maybe that day, maybe that week, maybe that month. Yet I fell again. I turned away again in sin. Part of that is our own weaknesses and failings. Our nature, concupiscence, whatever you want to call it, all the above. But to me, that's such an enormous mystery and such a sad mystery as those nine were healed and never came back. So to be able to see the sun moving all over the sky and everybody else is seeing it too. So, you know, you're not tripping on acid. You see this happening and then you're like, yeah, okay. So uh, I got my shift back at uh, the factory. So I'm just going to head back there and pretend like nothing happened because that was beyond me. Yeah. And maybe there's some of that, right? That they, they just can't comprehend. So they're just, they're going to keep doing what they do because they just, it's just too much. Right. I find it funny. I was looking that up and reading about it again. And, and there was, well, I think met Wikipedia or wherever trying to, you know, people try to explain it away and like, well, you know, they all, you know, 10,000 people, you know, all looking at the sun for as long as they were, you know, of course that they're seeing things. I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> that's what you got. Mm-hmm. That's the best you can do. 50,000 people all, all were staring at the sun so long without seeing something that, that they they're making these things up. That makes sense. So, but Hey, don't, don't take our word for it. Look it up. (laughs) Crazy, crazy. But I think you're onto something. It's an important point for these readings is we're all in jeopardy of being those nine when it could be day to day, but it could be, it doesn't have to be something miraculous, but if we don't remember our purpose and why we're here and, and trying to, you know, help others to eternal salvation through Christ. And then it's easy for us to fall back into these patterns. And we do, we all do to some extent. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really critical point. I hadn't really picked up on that when I was reading through them, but you know, you think about those nine and it's a real sad part of the story. Maybe, maybe they came back and thanked them later. I don't know. Well, we don't hear it. You know, no. there was the gospel and it was more than one gospel that they don't talk about him coming back. Those uh, nine coming back and we do see stories like that in our own lives where we know that people have had very powerful conversions and then drift away and i remember thinking about that in seminary there were a lot of uh seminarians at some point and when i was in seminary it was saint john paul ii was pope and uh pope benedict 
And I, you know, saw these pictures of them receiving Holy Communion from the Pope or shaking the Pope's hand or whatever. I'm like, wow, what an amazing experience that must have been. So why in the heck do you act the way you act? Because you're a real jerk, you know. <laughs> but it's because they're just human, and and so is the Pope. He's just human, yeah. and you know, it may have been a terrible experience because the Pope was in a rush, and he just so happened to, you know had his hand thrust in his bedroom and he shook his hand and on they went and maybe it wasn't this great experience. And that's the trouble we get into, you know, with, with putting too much energy and too much of our own kind of um, uh, grandiose energies into other people is that they are just other people. And because we are weak and they are weak when they fall, we have a tendency to fall as well or, or be angered about their fall as you and I will talk about sometime in, yeah. But I think you touched on something else too there and that this expectation that there has to be a dancing sun for us to believe, mm-hmm. right? There doesn't, you know, no. the, the fact that these nine had the choice to walk away says something you have to, we have to engage. We've talked about this before and that's the message there too, is that we're given this choice and it's always, it's there in front of us all the time to engage or not to engage Christ. He's not going anywhere. So I say, you know, that's why this, this idea, this theme, like he's not hiding from anybody. Right. We're yeah. the ones that are choosing to, to walk away from him. We're one of the nine or, or, or that we're that one in, in every situation. And it's not always going to be a dancing sun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was going to mention this before, as you said it, uh, not hiding from anyone. It It's really up to him who he calls and when he calls them. And it was up to them how they respond so even in his name, we know that Timothy is a convert because Timothy wasn't a Jewish name. Uh, and so St. Paul is this huge convert. St. Timothy is a convert. Here you have two converts talking to one another about how to be – well, Timothy's not talking. He's going to be reading the letter that Paul writes. But anyway, there's a, a some sort of dialogue going on because certainly Timothy was writing back to Paul in jail. But they're talking about how to be better – Christ Christ disciples. And that word uh, that we have in the gospel has none but this foreigner returned. Foreigner means outsider. And you yourself, you know, were an outsider of yeah. the Catholic Church and of the Christian faith in general as an atheist. By choice. I'd even made a By conscious choice. decision. Yeah. And that he called you and and, and you responded and continue to respond to him uh, in that way and grow in the faith that he has given you and washed you in the river uh, <laughs> of baptism, you know, and I, I, it's just so preposterous to me that, that people can think that they know exactly what God is up to because he's healing foreigners. He's, calling foreigners as well as those uh, who are close to him. He's calling all of us, but in different ways at different times. And the importance is to worship him and give thanks to him in response and to continue to do that. Yeah, 100%. It's a a great point. We've hit all my notes, my man, uh, main points. I don't know if you had any others that you want to highlight or anything for tonight. Uh, I just, and we're not going to have time, but I guess I just invite our listeners to contemplate that word of meaning, your meaning in life, your meaning is someone who's here, you know, 
let's get a little biological here, of the millions of millions of sperm that entered, you were the sperm that connected with the egg and came to life by God's gift and the gift of your parents. So there's some freaking reason that you're here. And what is the meaning of your life? Because as we think about animals, fish, whatever, other, any other creation, God can heal them too. Okay. Bird somehow has a healed wing. I don't know, but they don't have the ability to return thanks and give worship to God consciously. We're the only ones that do. So there's a meaning to your life, a meaning for your life. And there's a reason for you to give thanks and worship to God. So just contemplate that this week. Wow. That's a great thing to end on, my man. <laughs> All right. Well done. Praise well Jesus. Done. Absolutely. Well, we'll close this prayer. out. In, close this out in prayer. Even the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. Uh, the opportunity to come and, and contemplate you and and all these amazing things that you do for us and others. And we know we don't deserve it. And we know that we should probably do a better job of worshiping and thank you and thanking you. And we just ask that you give us uh, the fortitude to keep trying and to keep doing it. And that we hope, hopefully by doing that, we lead others to you and your great love. Amen. Lord Jesus, sometimes I hate my life. Sometimes I hate myself. Sometimes I hate other people. And so when I'm encouraging our listeners to contemplate meaning, ultimately I'm just encouraging myself through your guidance, with your grace and support to contemplate my own meaning. So thank you for letting me be that sperm, that one that was the one you intended for this earth and help me to discover or rediscover or enlighten my discovery of the meaning of my life so that I can give it more freely as a gift to others and through it find deeper meaning. We praise you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all things, but especially for the gift of life in all of its forms. As we pray a prayer some of our listeners may have never heard before, but one where we thank you through your mother and the gift of life that she gave in giving birth to you, Lord Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone. God bless you. Have a good week.